Hey there, and welcome to the first ever episode of Wee's Watch. Actually, this is the second episode. I'm just joking with you guys. First official. This is Fred here, and I am with... This is George coming at you uh, for your weekly Harry Potter newscast. It's so exciting. Yes, yes, we are very excited to bring you episode one of Wee's Watch. Last week was episode zero, where you got to meet us figuratively, as you hear us on those beautiful ear holes of yours on the side of your Or in your case, one. This is episode... Or, yeah, or in my case, one. Uh, but I do save 50% on uh, headphones. So, that's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, like I said, welcome to episode one of Wee's Watch, where we have a great list and an awesome, fantastic thing and a couple things to uh, talk to you guys about. Um, let's we dive in. We'll start it off with. What do you want to start it off with? Let's let's go with reread first, because I am so excited. All right, let's go with reread. I'm so excited. Yes. At start at the very I am beginning, very I had a moment. I was holding the book and I found my first the first original copy I had of uh, Sorcerer's Stone, of course, and I was looking at it and the pages were all yellowed and like a couple of the the corners were dog-eared and there's a little stain on the top of it. I just kind of held it in both my hands and looked at it and just kind of like I don't know it was just it was a really emotional moment because it was like you know this book changed my life even though I read Prisoner of Asking Man first I uh I but yeah. well yes um I am quo status pro or however it goes I don't really know I uh, I had a similar experience where I picked up my original edition of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, with the original cover art with Harry, of course, flying through the uh, the archway trying to catch Golden Snitch, and um, yeah, it was, that, the, it was the, the very Mary first Grand book Free. I read. Yes, and um, it was the very first book I read, and uh, the the gold lettering of Harry Potter yeah. uh, was kind of faded. Oh man, kinda, mine's pretty beat up out. at the top, like the bindings come. Mine out is apart. too. Mine is too. Uh, so many great memories. I um. It smells I good read, too. I, I turned to the <laughs> chapter one, the boy who lived. I know, right? Yeah. It smells like success. I, looked, I turned I also, to the chapter one, the boy who lived, and I cried. Yeah, my front my front cover's falling off, but I read I read every single page this time just to be thorough, and I went back and I looked through mm -hmm. praise for the J.K. Rowling Sorcerer's Stone. And they're comparing it to like Ronald Duell, who is uh, who is you know a great figure in, ch in classic children's literature, and they mention like a couple right. of different authors who aren't even like really relevant anymore. Like it's just so crazy to me, like how this has set the president, the bar for children's children's literature. I mean, I just it's it it blows me away. I I think that one of the best things that um is at the very front of the of the book where it's the yeah. praise for jk rowling's harry potter and the sorcerer's stone is you don't have yeah. to be a wizard or a kid to appreciate the spell cast by harry potter that yeah. has ranked also... through more more and more as i grow up yeah me too i also like how she uh in her 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 um what do they call it? Not acknowledge dedication page. It's for Jessica who loves stories, for Anne who loved them too, and for Di who heard this one first. And that's her sister, J.K. Rowling's sister. I think Prisha's her only sibling. They yes. used to play in the woods together, and she'd make yes. up stories and and, and games and uh, it's just I love sibling love. So uh, all the feels. All right, let's dive into the actual content. Okay, of course we know. Page one, the first, right. the first line. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of Number Four Privet Drive were proud to say they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. Woo! All right. So, in these first five chapters, we meet the Dursleys, and uh, we get introduced to Harry and his. I mean, I, um, and his wits. I love. I just love. I love Harry Potter so much. He's such a good character, um, and he has. He just has such a good outlook on stuff. But in the beginning, we're just with the Dursleys. And um, I, I realized this read-through how the Dursleys must have just been 
so ignorant of the wizarding world. I mean, he, I, at first I was like, does he know that the Potters, um, and that, uh, you know, Petunia's sister is a, is a witch, and she, he does, you re I realize as I was reading, he does, but he's so ignorant, he doesn't know anything about owls, or cloaks, or the way they function, like, that's how much that he just, he was just completely hands off, he wanted nothing to do with it, and he knew nothing absolutely about it. Of course, Petunia did, but she, you know, she was f trying to raise Dudley, uh, so I guess she gets a pass for not noticing anything, because teat toddler Dudley, can you imagine? Most effective birth control ever. Yes. Babysit D baby Dudley. Ever. Ever. Um, so that that really that really stood out to me. This reading is how he must have just completely hated everything about the hair. The, the that he just ignored it as much as he could. And then I also really liked mm -hmm. uh, reread. That was mostly chapter one. They, McGonagall and, and Dumbledore left uh, Harry with with a letter uh, explaining everything. Um, kind of cowardly, Dumbledore. <laughs> yes. I think. <laughs> right. Uh, here's this baby on your doorstep. Also, my fancy penmanship as to why <laughs> you need to take this baby. Um, oh, I think one of my I was rereading. Uh, it as well um, like we had talked about and one of like on like page 5 there's where Mr. Dursley is going out to work one day and he sees the same tabby cat sitting sitting there and the, the one of the lines in the books is the cat didn't move it just gave him a stern look and we all know this guy's <laughs> But can you just imagine yeah. McGonagall giving Mr. Dursley a stern look like, Sir, she I'm going to drop a baby shit. on your She's doorstep like, tonight. She's like, oh, I'm you're the one who's going to be raising Harry Potter. You. Yeah. You're no, the one. You're Vernon. Yeah, it's great. I know. It's great. I love it. I also... Um, also... I, Vernon I also appreciate it. I reread... Vernon Dudley, what? <laughs> what? What about Vernon? Oh, uh, uh, oh, Vernon randomly getting hugged by a wizard. Yeah, oh my gosh. And, like, can you imagine when he gets home and he realizes, oh, God, that was a wizard, like, one of them hugged me. One <laughs> oh of them God, celebrated this me. little shit lord what that I have to take home. care of now. Being, oh, God. Yes. Lord. I also okay. appreciated... Um, Moving on from the first... Five yeah, pages. for the first two pages. Uh, I also appreciate the first uh, mention of Hagrid because, of course, you know, the movie's been out so long that I kind of definitely connect the movie. I didn't have a... I There was only so many books I read before I saw the movies, right? So for me, in my mind, I mean, the characters 100% are the actors of the movies, um, and they don't really deviate at all. Um, but one thing I realized in the reading of Hagrid is that he's described as huge, I mean, just huge, and he is pretty huge, but he had vast, muscular, veiny arms. Like, not only is he huge, but, like, Hagrid's pretty buff. I appreciated that that little detail. Um, and also, of course, that I noticed this reading through that where he said he borrowed the, the motorcycle from Sirius. And can you just imagine, like, Sirius, one of his friends is missing. He doesn't know, he probably doesn't know where Remus is. He... Um, you know, he knows that Lily yes. and James are dead. I wonder, you know, has the thing with Peter happened yet? Is this, is this to his knowledge, his last act? Does he know that this is the last thing that he'll get to do for Harry for, for many, many years for, you know, about for, you know, 14 years? Does he know that? Does he, does he, uh, I just wish yeah. I knew more about the timeline of when that all happened. But then again, Sirius right. is Bay, so. Yes. So, anyway. So that's the first the first couple chapters, and then of course we have the uh, the zoo scene, which is the first time Harry yes. does does a big piece of magic kind of. Uh, well, no, he also uh, went onto the the rooftop when people and Dudley's gang was chasing him. And okay, can we talk about what a precious dumbass Harry Potter is? He in the book it mentions that he um, he was running away from them, and he was to his surprise he ended up on the roof. And he says, and I quote, Harry just figured that uh, the wind must have picked him up while he jumped. This precious, precious, stupid young man literally thought that he jumped <laughs> and the wind just just carried him up to the roof. The wind. 
<laughs> of Whoops. all the reasonable explanations. The wind, it like, sure is blue. The Dursleys had such an effect on him. He was like, oh, I guess I guess the wind was just hella strong. So funny. It was just really, really... <laughs> it was in my favor. Yeah, right? Um, okay, so obviously the, the zoo scene, he goes out and he has a really nice day until the glass disappears. And, uh, Freddie, you were telling me about uh, a canon you had read. <laughs> Quiet. Yes, there was a, a cool canon. Um, if you listen in the background of George, we possibly may know where Sirius Black is. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh... there's a canon. Um, there's a canon that I read. Um, well, it's I wouldn't say it's a canon, but a lot of people when this book first came out, um, and then the movies later came out, a lot of people thought that the snake that Harry released from the zoo was actually Nagini. But it has been proven otherwise. Uh, the snake that Harry released was actually a, a totally different breed of, uh, of snake. So that has been thrown yeah, out. That's, but it was that a cool was... concept. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it was actually, I remember um, it was people said that J.K. Rowling, they, it was like a fake Twitter and they or something like that, and they said Oh, J.K. Rowling uh, confirmed that um, you know that it was the snake that that you know was released, which wasn't true, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then the mm-hmm. snake that we released was the South American or Central American boa constrictor. I can't remember. Um, and um, and which my uncle has one of those, oddly enough. Um, and it, we assume that he's some kind of Nagini, some kind of viper, or python, because they mention uh, something about, um, I think, venom at some point, because she kills Frank the Muggle with some kind of venom or poison, and uh, boa constrictors are non non venomous and non poisonous. So that's how we that's yes, that. So we have that. We have Harry performing his first piece of magic. He gets grounded. All in all, he's having a real shit day. And then, of course, yes. we have the letters from no one. And I really like this because I just love seeing Vernon Dursley spinning his There's wheels. There's no post on Sundays. No post. Oh, oh yeah. Rest in, rest in peace to, to Richard. We're, we're sad to see you. You were the best villain we loved to hate. But, um, yes. yeah. R.I.P., man. Well. He was the first, well, the second. I get the second. I forgot about Dumbledore to die. The of the actors, I think there was a stunt man that also got yes. hurt, but that's a complete. That's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, I just really enjoy the thought of Vernon Dursley just spinning his wheels and not knowing what to do and just having a really hard time and just basically being confronted. Slowly, it's building up to the fact of to magic and to the fact that Harry is a wizard and that he's gonna have to deal with it. And just trying and trying and trying to deny it. And um, as a as a queer person who lives in the South, of course, I mean this has a lot of. I mean, I really feel this 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 chapter in this section. It's it, the letters are a nice um, a nice physical representation representation of what all of it means. And uh, it was really interesting to kind of put it into my perspective, as it was just like it was big more and more evidence, more and more stuff of just proving that. You know, Harry really was a wizard, and his uh, his aunt and uncle were just trying to deny that and trying to do everything they could to to squash it right out of them. That's literally what they say. And at the end, they they can't deny it because Hagrid literally breaks down their door and is like, "Oh, hell, nah." So <laughs> you're a wizard. I'm a what? You're a lizard, Harry. Well, you're a hairy wizard. <laughs> <laughs> you're a oh wizard, Harry. Goodness. You're a hairy wizard. Yeah. <laughs> you're a hairy wizard. Yeah. So, uh, yes, so... that is, and yeah, the Keeper of the Keys is probably one of my favorite um, oh, yes. chapters. Reading, of this whole book meeting. Hagrid just comes and he's just like, uh uh, oh, And he just breaks down the door uh, out on this wild peninsula that Vernon and Petunia decide to go get after. After they can't keep the post away from Harry. Um, oh, you know, oh, random headcanon. Random headcanon. Yes. I heard, I saw this on the internet. 
And it can't be disproven or denied, but it's uh, something I saw on the internet. I thought I'd throw it out there. Um, there's a headcanon that that um, that cave, that house on the cave, was the same one that uh, Voldemort went to uh, with the the children and everything. And I don't think that's true because that's also the same cave, the sea in the cave where the Horcruxes were. And I feel like that would have been more noticeable. And they don't mention a shack in the seventh book, but it was a, it was a cool idea. That you know, Harry and and, and yeah. by default the Dursleys would be. I haven't heard that. One, would, but that's that's a, that's cool, a cool thought. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like Hagrid. It. Let's get back to the Hagrid love. Because oh Hagrid gosh. is everything. Hagrid. He's so great. Uh, you can't help. He is one of my favorite characters. You can't help but love him. Series. And he's. Yeah, he's vastly overlooked a lot. Like a lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, Hagrid," but let's let's be real. In this, the Battle of Hogwarts, let's all be real. We are very glad that we didn't have to read the words that J.K. Rowling wrote of you know Hagrid was part of the body count. Like, yes, there was there was Fred. Yes, there was Remus and Tonks, but there was Hagrid, not. Which I was the, very grateful for the, after the sheer amount of feels. Yeah, and I just, I, I also, one of the most heartbreaking parts in the seventh book for me, and what I, I'm pretty sure was one of the only things that made me cry in that book, because I'm, I, it, for a plethora of reasons, but um, it when Hagrid carries Harry out of the forest, just sobbing and howling. I mean, that yes. has, that imagery in that moment has so much emotional magnitude. I mean, he literally carried baby Harry to the Dursley's doorstep and, and, and cried about leaving him. And he, he kind of made his own misfit family with Harry throughout the year, supported him through everything. And then here's this, this child that he loves so much. And who has so much potential. And he carried Harry away from the Dursleys in the, uh, the Battle of the Seven. Yeah, exactly. Well. I mean, he's just... Uh, uh, that was such a heartbreaking moment for me, uh, personally. Um, but yeah, also, can we appreciate that in... So, we're getting back to the reread. Um, can we appreciate that the first thing Hagrid does is make sure that Harry's fed and he has a birthday cake... Harry Potter, who a didn't birthday think anyone cake. would even remember his birthday, and at most he would get a hanger or an old sock. He made sure that he got his cake. Uh, what granted, it wasn't man. spelled right, but that's okay. I mean, it's amazing. And, and it was in is, Hagrid's pocket, so you know it was movie magic. That was movie magic. We don't know if he actually spelled it wrong, but I mean, he, <sighs> Hagrid, you're such a beautiful, beautiful soul. He's such a beautiful man. I love him. Um, also, I, he 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 is wonderful. Yes, and I also read. Uh, I was looking at this, and um, <laughs> while they were on the train, here uh, Hagrid knits. By the way, if you didn't know this, and he was knitting what appeared to be a canary yellow circus tent. Hagrid, you're just so lovely. Yes. Um, so we go to Diagon Alley. We uh, we we have an impor important plot point, in which we go to Gringotts, and Hagrid retrieves something out of the safe, and Harry expects it to be this big, grandiose thing, and it's just a little lump of something in a wrapped in paper. Um, and then you know we go off to the Wizarding World, this get our school sum, books. Sum. We have a pretty cool moment with Ollivander, and um, something I liked from this series as I read, uh, I liked rereading and kind of thinking about um, Harry's parents' wand, so I'm just gonna... Uh, your father, on the other hand... Oh wait, no, let's start with the mom. Uh, let's start with Lily. You have your mother's eyes. It seems only yesterday she was in here herself, buying her first wand. Ten and a quarter inches long, swishy made of willow. Nice wand for charm work, which we all know that uh, Lily was great at charms, which we learned later on. She turns the, the goldfish into... Um, what's the goldfish's name? That she gives Slughorn, do you remember? I don't remember. Uh, but anyway. Uh, no. And, uh, and your father, on the other hand, favored a mahogany wand, 11 inches pliable, a little more power and excellent for transfiguration. So that right there gives us, the, that's our first idea of what pa Harry's parents are like. This is literally the first bit of information Perry, Harry ever has about his parents. Also Besides foreshadowing. Like 
Yes, also foreshadowing, but it's the first little bit of information that he ever gets about his parents. Because the Dursleys didn't talk about him. He probably didn't even know that he looked like them. Like, the Dursleys didn't say shit about his parents. No, they just this, died in a car wreck. This, that's how he got a cigar. Yeah, this is the first piece of information Harry Potter ever has about his parents. <clears throat> wow. Let's also acknowledge the fact. This is gonna this is gonna mess us up. Um I'm not gonna lie to you. I said we were gonna go through fields with this podcast, and here we go. First field trip. Let's do it. Let's acknowledge the fact that Harry for the very first time ever when he goes into the wizarding world for the very first time, he goes through the leaky cauldron. Which is where Quirrell is, and we all know the uh, the ending result of Quirrell. What's what's uh, on the back of Quirrell's head? So the very first time that Harry Potter yeah. is in the Wizarding World, uh, Voldemort is there. With yep. Him. So I know a lot of people kind of like, oh, he met Quirrell in the Leaky Cauldron and all that, but uh, no, he he met Voldemort in the Leaky Cauldron while Quirrell was there. Also, let's acknowledge yeah. the fact that Fred and George threw snowballs at Voldemort's face. Yeah, right. Hardcore. Hardcore. We'll get to that, though. Yes. Yeah, I also just love how in awe he is of everything. Also, um, going back, when he awakes the next morning after Hagrid spends the night in the shack, he wakes up and he's like, oh, I'm sure it's all a dream. Because uh, Fred and I know, as abused children, you try not to get your hopes up too much. Because then it just, it you just don't get your hopes up. You don't, because you're going to get let down. And so it was really, that really, res- all, period. that really resonated with me. And I, JK Rowling, you know what you're talking about. And like, she just writes characters so convincingly because that's what an orphan who lived in a cabinet under the stairs would think. That's what an abused child would think. Oh, that something good happened. It must've been a dream. I must've made it up. Not only is it just incredulous yes. because it's magic. We can, we can acknowledge that. Um, but also I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed that. Um, so I, I, I also enjoyed that. Yep, and then of course, Hagrid leaves Harry. He he blinks, and Hagrid's gone. At uh, platform, uh, not in pla- not in the platform, in the train station, with the not telling Harry where to go. Which okay, Hagrid, you know he knows nothing. That was some terrible. For- this is why Hagrid would not. One of the reasons why Hagrid, as much as I would love him to, could not have raised Harry by himself. He would have needed some help, but, um, yeah, so he leaves Harry by himself, and that's where we end the chapters. Um, so, yeah, first, first five chapters of the whole series. All right, and, um... The first of many. Yes, so many. Um, so let's, let's move, we're, we're running a little long here on this section, so let's mosey on over to our next segment. Uh, do you want to, do you want to take the headcanons away, Fred? Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and take headcanons away. I've got I've got uh, two uh, particular headcanons. Both of them, de- one of them mainly deals with Hagrid. Um, the headcanon that I found that I really love and I accept as canon is I bet Hagrid would have been a brilliant wizard had he been able to finish school, even though he only took classes up to his third year when he was kicked out. Um, he could do nonverbal magic with ease, something that Harry wasn't able to do fully and he had a whole lot of trouble with in his sixth year um if he had gone to school at the same time as Voldemort, he probably would have been a celebrated wizard and probably a magi zoologist to the caliber to rival newt scander um so i accept that as canon yep definitely and uh, we also let's talk about that a little bit too because in the books it really he says something um, I I re- was rereading as they're leaving the cave uh, the shack on the cave he says you know he goes how'd you get here and he said flying and um, so but I have to use this now that you're here now that I've got you um, but um, mm-hmm. you wouldn't mind if I sped things up you wouldn't tell anyone so he is banned from using magic. Uh, however, he does have the two, um, I'm 90% sure this is actual canon, the pieces of the wand in his umbrella. If not canon, it's really, really heavily inferred. Um, so, so he has the two pieces of the wand in his umbrella. And um, so we all know in underage wizards, they have the 
the thing that they can keep up on them and watch them and, and make sure they don't do underage magic. But apparently, in the wizarding world, once you once someone fucks up so badly that they can't do magic ever at all, you just assume because they don't have a wand that they'll A, never get another one, get another one, and B, won't somehow get the wand back, which obviously wasn't that hard because Hagrid did it. And, well, not that Hagrid is stupid or anything, but he's not really a, a suave and charming kind of person that I would assume you need to be to talk someone into that. So, <sighs> I have a theory that Dumbledore has something to do with that. I agree. I, I agree with that also. <laughs> I agree. Um, so, I think Dumbledore just showed up randomly one day. I was like, hey, Hagrid, um... Do you know someone who possibly owns a way of transportation <coughs> motorcycle? Um, if you do, could you borrow said motorcycle or easy way of transportation? Also, I have these two pieces of sticks. <coughs> Wand. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, that would be just, that would probably explain why he's so good at magic because he probably has practiced as much as he can without being seen, found out, blah 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 blah. Uh, of course, Dumbledore wouldn't mind yes. that he was practicing magic because he is most likely the person who gave him back. So I thought that was that was an interesting note. Yes. Um, and what was your yes. second head canon? Head canon. I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but I am. Okay, this one. Um, there is no original source. I got this one from the ever popular Tumblr site. Um, there is no original. You know, Poster, yeah, source. Person, yeah, OP, OP. It's like a screen caught, um, a screenshot of a post or something. Yeah, yeah. I always hate that. Post and it's reblogged. I hate it, but I if you if someone out there knows who originally wrote this, that would be amazing. Ever. Yeah, and, let uh, us know. We want to credit you. All right, so yes, we do, we do. All right, so the headcanon goes just like this. Rubius Arthur Potter. I couldn't name you after Remus because that name is for Teddy Shooter kids. But I named you after the two people who actually gave a crap about my well-being, as opposed to after people who tortured me for six years and were obsessed with my mother, or people who sent me to a death mission with vague instructions where I was a legal adult. Why would I name you after people like that? Ah, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so funny. That's... that's that's uh, that's one thing not, that I feel like Potterheads are pretty universally pissed about. Oh, also another another thing that I've I've heard of is um, Harry Potter named his children like some nerd who had just finished reading Harry Potter. Finished what? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, let's be real. If yeah. I ever have a kid, I'm probably gonna name it James. James just is a so great clear. Probably. Yeah. My my fiance has told me that. My fiance's told me that we can name our kids James or something. I can name them after Harry Potter figures, but not like obvious names. I can name him Albus, even though it's a great name, or Arabia. So, um, but I do have it. Or Brian. I do have it in contract. If we have twins, they will be named some iteration of Fred and George. It doesn't matter if they're girls. Well, I think Georgia is the girl's name that we came up with, and Fred. What was the girl's? version of fred uh, i don't remember but anyway francis? maybe francis i don't know but we have a there's there's a contract in agreement not in writing but she keeps her word so we're good i'm telling you i am um, i also have a um a kind of contract <laughs> where if i ever have twins they're probably going to be named fred and george and if my what if we my both wife have twins like that that would be amazing that would be amazing. But um, that would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, it is generational. Or like, what? We'd also have our hands full. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. But probably James and Oliver would be the names of her twin boys or something. Uh, that would be good. Yeah, like uh, after the accident. Or Jamie and Olivia for girls. Oh yeah, that would be great because we have a good friend. Yep, that's a good idea. All right, uh, I have a I have a headcanon that I would like to share with the class. It's about the Dursleys, and um, I, I found it on uh, graphicnerdly.com, which is a Tumblr blog uh, with their own URL, obviously. And I can't find the source. Um, I mean, the source seems to be this um, post. 
uh, on this website, which is why I mentioned it. Again, if we ever miscredit or don't credit your headcanons, let us know. We want to do that. Um, so I'm just going to read it, and then we'll see. So Horcruxes, they just ruin everything, don't they? They ruin friendships, minds, bodies, lives, souls, and perfectly good jewelry. Horcrux's exposure can have harmful effects that grow steadily worse over time. That is, if the Horcrux doesn't kill you first. A la Dumbledore, it literally rotted his hand off when he wore um, the ring. Um, it will consume your mind and ravage your body over the course of a school year. Weasley children are highly susceptible to Horcrux possessions, it would seem. Um, we all know Weasley was literally possessed by the diary, which is kind of terrifying. Now, imagine what kind of horrible, twisted, heartless monsters a person could become after being exposed to Horcrux for, let's say, picture of the Dursley family. Ten years? They'd probably be, turn out to be pretty horrible. Huh. And that, hmm. for me, I... So, caveat to this. I definitely agree that that would make things worse. From the beginning, though, before we meet Harry, we do see that the Dursleys are very anti-wizard. They don't want anything to do with it. They're not good parents. They're already spoiling Dudley. Okay, so we've already had that established before Harry mm -hmm. ever comes into the picture, before they've ever even met him. He doesn't even know what... He thinks his name might be Harold. So... They're already, we already know they're probably pretty terrible people. And you can never, ever excuse abuse. I don't care what anyone says. If you are, even if you are influenced by Horcrux, I mean, even Ron, he got shitty, but the worst thing that he did was leave. And he never was like, yeah, I'm literally going to, you know, hit you or not let you eat or, you know, stuff like that. It also helped that he was actually their friend and liked them, but whatever. Yes. But... Uh, there's no precedent that Horcrux is literally turning to opposite kind of person. Now, I do agree that the long-term exposure to the Horcrux probably made it really, really bad and a lot worse than it would have been otherwise. You yeah. know? I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree completely and 100%. But honestly, it probably had the most effect on Dudley. Oh, yeah. Growing, like, growing up, with the Horcrux, imagine like the the amount of psychological damage. Yeah. Also, let's talk about how Why? pure Harry had to be in order to literally have a piece of the Voldemort's soul inside him and still be such a precious cinnamon roll. Like he had to be such a good, lovely, warm person to to you know kind of go against yeah. that. It also made his teenage years hell. Uh, like in you know in the Order of Phoenix, there's a lot of angst, um, but very warranted, of course. Um, but he just had to be the, the bestest, yeah. best person ever. He had to be as equal to or more good than Voldemort was evil. Voldemort killed <clears throat> his family. Yes. Like Voldemort. He was hella evil. Hella. <laughs> so. Hella evil. Give Harry Potter credit where it's due. One of my pet peeves in this fandom people not giving harry potter credit where it's due okay listen i understand he's only mainly good at three things picking good friends being hilarious that's the four things quidditch and staying alive but he is a good person he might not be the most talented person in the world but he's good at staying alive quidditch picking friends and being hilarious and apparently that's all you need even to defeat the dark lord which makes me personally feel better about my life and my choices Let's, uh, I've got, I've got another headcanon. It's All a right. little, uh, languagey. Um, okay. If that's okay. It's got yeah, yeah, no, go for it. it. Love linguistics. Alright, so, uh, this is actually made from Tumblr user, what is a series? S-I-R-I-U-S. Go give them a follow. Um, it's Greg Gallant's one accounts I do follow. Um, but what a serious wrote a post that says, I love that look. McGonagall gives when Hagrid shows up on the fucking motorcycle. Oh my god. Lurking <laughs> and turning to, to Dumbledore. What the fuck? What the fuck? Albus Dumbledore, if this baby is hurt, I swear to god. And then he later reblogged it and said, honestly, if McGonagall would have raised Harry, I swear uh, they would have defeated Voldemort in the very first book. Yeah, that's probably real. I just, I, one of my favorite that, kind I of, yeah, one of my favorite kind of alternate universe headcanons 
AU, if you will, is uh, if you think about if people, different people have raised Harry, like if maybe Hagrid had raised Harry along with Dumbledore and Minerva on the grounds, or, you know, along with Remus. Remus couldn't be there all the time, obviously, but, you know, maybe Remus moved into Hagrid's hut with him, and they were, you know, uh, hetero life mates, and, uh, and helped raise, and can you imagine, like, Madame Pomfrey, like, you know, fixing him up when he gets bruised, and just how loved that boy would have been. How different would the series have Madame been? Hooch buying him his first broomstick. Oh my gosh, Madame Hooch would love him. They would have so much fun. Soccer mom. Sports mom. Yes, yeah, soccer mom. Sports mom. Cannon. <laughs> Sports mom, hurt mom. Uh, uh, discipline mom. <laughs> fun dad. Uh, yes. Advice dad. Yes. And what would Remus be? Remus... Like, because I, I would say Dumbledore's advice dad. What would... He'd be his Moomy. His Moomy, yes! <laughs> Instead of Looney. Oh my gosh, I've seen that headcanon where um, he's where Harry's raised by Sirius and, and Remus, and he, he calls... He, they're like, yes. Do, don't you have a mom? He's like, well, I have a Moomy, and that's kind of the same thing. I have so, a Moomy. Um, so Sirius calls him Moomy. <laughs> and then... And then Remus one day gets tired of it and blankly looks at him for a solid three seconds and says, Dadfoot. <laughs> yes! Accepted! Hand cannon yes. accepted! Alright. Hand cannon accepted! Ooh. Click the button! Um, Alright. All right. Let's move so over that to. That is our hand cannon segment. Let's move over to news real quick so we can. Let's, let's get going. All right, so the first thing yeah. I want to talk about... Oh, what? 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 What do you say? You didn't say nothing. Okay. I said yes, uh, let's... Oh, okay. Um, the first piece of news I want to bring... So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the news that's kind of happened this week since our last... Well, we haven't had a real last podcast. We're going to talk about the news that happened this week, and we're going to do two segments on the next week. This week, we're going to talk about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, catch you up on everything related to that. And then next week, we're going to do Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. So let's dive in. Um, let's We're going to do un, just weekly news first. First of all, happy birthday to both uh, Muggle birthday for uh, Freddy, had his Muggle birthday, and Luna Lovegood. Uh, her birthday was also this week, yes. which is awesome. We all yes. love Luna Lovegood. Of course, she. Ivana Lynch. <sighs> yes, everything. Ivana um, Lynch is great. Luna is great. I do want to take this time to clear up a rumor that really pisses me off, and I hear everywhere. I literally heard this from Ivana Lynch's mouth at DragonCon at the Growing Up Potter. Um, panel you can look it up if you want to verify it so here we go Ivana Lynch did not write JK Rowling and say hey I have an eating disorder and JK Rowling did not say well if you get better you can be in my movie false 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 the true story is that Ivana Lynch was hospitalized as a young child not I mean young relatively because she had an eating disorder she was very sick and she read Harry Potter books she loved them and she would write to J.K. Rowling. This was obviously in the very beginning when J.K. Rowling still had time to write to every child who wrote to her. So her and J.K. Rowling became pen pals, okay? J.K. Rowling did not even know that she was auditioning for Harry Potter until weeks later, until she got her letter, like way later. And then she was accepted the part and then she met J.K. Rowling and she was like, oh my God, you're my pen pal friend, what up? So. First of all, let's dispel that. I don't want to hear yes. it anymore. It's not true. Get over it. J.K. Rowling Very and Ivana true. have both disproved that. J.K. Rowling and Ivana have both disproved that. So let's just get that out of there. Okay, let's move on. Um, let's also state a very, very real fact. Ivana Lynch, her voice is Luna Lovegood's voice. Yes. Oh gosh, it, her her speaking voice is still. I mean, she doesn't talk as like quite as slow and dreamy, not as dreamy as Luna, but she she definitely does t- speak like her. Also, fun fact: she's Irish. Yes. Hey. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So let's. So happy birthday to to Freddie and Luna. Woo woo woo. Yeah. Happy birthday to you, bud. All right. So let's let's move forward. This is something I'm super excited about. This is probably I. Uh, this actually was confirmed today, and I'm so excited. Um, today. Breaking Sin, news. Sin yep. <laughs> concerts and Warner Brothers have announced that they're going to do a Harry Potter concert series. Um, now, this is becoming more and more popular, especially with popular nerd things. Um, I know it started, as far as I know, with the Harry Potter Orchestra would travel. Um, also, John Williams, by the way, would travel, I'm pretty sure, uh, would travel around uh, with, with the actors mm-hmm. of the BBC. They'd travel around the world. And they throw a concert and a show. Also recently, Star Trek has also done one. I don't know if the actors were involved, but they came to to a venue in my town. So this is becoming a more um, a more popular thing. Um, but uh, J.K. Rowling uh, had a a um, send a tweet about how you know a Harry Potter TV show would come right after the opera Potter on Ice and the interpretive dance version of Beetle the Bard. Um, but, which I think is hilarious. Haven't happened yet. N- none of those have happened. I hope, well, I'm not gonna lie, I'd, I'd watch yet. the interpretive <laughs> dance of Beetle the Bard. But other than that, um, so, um, yeah, it's gonna start, um, with a Sorcerer's Stone tour, and they're going to, um, reformat each Harry Potter film into an orchestra concert. Um, with a live symphony of the entire score in sync with the film that will be simultaneously projected onto a high-definition 40-foot screen. So I am so uh, for this. Uh, the dialogue so and the sound effects will still be when... kept intact. Yes. So, everything will still be And when you told me about this, you <clears throat> have no idea. I, I squealed a little bit. Um... I was not on the phone with George at the time, but I squealed a little bit. Because, let's be real, one of my things is orchestras. I love orchestras. And also, Harry Potter. And the two things combined, lightning has struck, people. Yeah. Lightning has struck. <laughs> I'm also really excited because, um, that, like, it just, you know, um, things that we love get interpreted and rehashed in so many ways. And uh, in all the arts, you know, there's fan fiction, there's fan art, and um, and there's wizard rock, which is this whole new genre. And we're going to do a special uh, upcoming. I've decided just now we're going to do a special one day with um, about wizard rock. So if you are a wizard rock artist, please, please, please let us know. Reach out to us. We want you. We want to feature you. We want to play your songs. We wanna. We want you. Please. Moving on from that, uh, that I, yes. moving on from that. So I'm so excited to see uh, this new interpretation. Of course, John Williams, brilliant, brilliant composer. He did the score for. Uh, I don't know if he did the he did the he did the score for the first one, and he did. Um, yes. The the last couple. I don't know if he did all of them. That's the only thing I'm I'm I'm, not as. Uh, but he did do, do the main theme, that iconic, but da 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 uh, so that's awesome. The Hedwig's theme? Yes, exactly. Um, so he, he did one through three. Um, yes. Yeah, and then, uh, he, the schedules didn't align or anything like that, and then, um, he, uh, there's someone else did it the rest of the time, and we'll. I'm gonna look up and see. Uh, you look that up and see who did that real quick, and I'm gonna keep talking about this. Um, so yeah, they're they're doing that, okay. and um, it's going to premiere at the Philadelphia Man Center for the Performing Arts on June the 23rd, and the Philadelphia Orchestra is going to play uh, the San Diego Symphony, Nashville Symphony, Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra, Grand Rapids Pops, and Symphony Silicon Valley will perform. Um, John Williams, Harry Potter, and the Sorcerer's Stone sto- tour. So I wonder if they're all going to perform at the same time, because that's an enormous amount of people, or they're going to take turns doing different scores. That'll be interesting to see. Also, I have a cousin who lives in D.C., so uh, I'm probably going to see that. Yay! Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire was composed by Patrick Doyle. Uh, Nicholas uh, Hooper 
uh, composed Cooper, yeah, Phoenix and Half Blood Prince and Andre Alexandre <clears throat> Alexandre oh, yeah. Alexandre both, uh, Deathly Hallows. Yes. Oh yeah, he did but, the um, fireworks. It was it was one of my good. favorite scores. Yeah, so super excited yes, about yes. that. We'll have more fireworks news on that. We'll fall great. One of our our theme song. Um, so yeah, that we'll keep in contact with that and keep coming back to that um, as time goes on. Um, and um, so yeah, um, that's pretty pretty exciting news. Um, also, this I know we're gonna do more. Very. We're gonna do more about this next segment. So I'm not gonna go into an enormous amount of detail. But Harry Potter and the Cursed Child has been confirmed as a script book. It's still just a play. Don't get too excited. It's book. not an eighth Harry book. Potter book. It is completely separate. Um, I have a feeling this story arc is going to be more about Alvis, and that has pretty much been confirmed. Um, but that is coming out on Harry's birthday, July the 31st. So, that's good to know. Also, J.K. Rowling's birthday. Yes, yes. Alright, and let's dive right into Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. So, Freddie, in your words, um, why don't you sum up what Fantastic Beasts and where to find them is about? Just in layman's oh. terms. I Explain to the don't muggles. think they're ready. To the muggles out there, Fantastic Beasts is where to find them. Follows the life of Newt Scamander, a very, very famous and prominent wizard who actually wrote Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, one of the uh, basic the textbooks textbook. for Hogwarts. Yes, the textbook. Um, and it follows yeah. his journey in USA. The USA we get to see, and the um, the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movie we get to see um, the United States of America uh, wizarding schools. Um, we get to hear what Muggles are referred to in uh, America. Uh, no Madge is uh, what they're referred to as in like No Magic, but Fantastic Beasts follows Newt Scamander as he goes around and does all this different research on the different beasts of the Wizarding World. Um, there is a little bit of a slip-up where <clears throat> someone lets out a whole bunch of beasts and he has to go track them down in this particular movie. However, I am so very, very excited to see Fantastic yeah. Beasts and Where to Find Them. Not he, only because yeah. it is Harry Potter related and Harry Potter universe, but what a lot of people do not think about is that with new Harry Potter movies, uh, Cursed Child book scripts, there's now going to be even more Harry Potter merchandise. I think Merch, actually, merchandise. George, it was your for, George, it was your fiance that was telling me about that. How clever of her. Um, she was saying that that's why she was excited about uh, Harry, or, uh, Fantastic Beast is because there was going to be new Harry Potter merchandise, which I am very excited about, yeah. as well as Eddie Redmayne being the lead character of Newt Scamander. I am so very excited. Very great casting choice. And that jacket, though. That jacket is so account. handsome. That jacket, you though. Should. That teal peacock jacket. And for anyone who is just curious or excited. thinking about cosplaying him, you cannot get that jacket anywhere. It was custom made by the costume designer, and I have a bunch of links of where I looked it up and a bunch of different interviews about where she talks about it. If you want those, hit me up. I'm glad to share them. Um, and so, yeah, Fred basically... On Weezwatch. Yeah, Weezwatch. W-E-A-S-W-A-T-C-H. Twitter. Tumblr. Gmail. Um, it's just Weezwatch at gmail.com. Facebook. Hit us up. Talk to us. We want to talk to you guys. Um, and so that's basically everything you need to know about Fantastic Beasts plot-wise. I do want to go ahead. Let's go through the cast a little bit. Obviously, Eddie Redmayne is going to be the lead. Um, I'm actually going to read real quick the official blurb about what it's about. Um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them opens in 1926. Uh, my favorite era of fashion and nothing else. Um, as Newt Scamander has just completed a global excursion to find and document an extraordinary array of magical creatures, arriving in New York for a brief stopover, he might have come and gone without accident, were it not for a nomad, uh, parentheses, American for muggle, in parentheses, named Jacob, a misplaced magical case, as in his briefcase, 
and the escape of some new of some of Newt's fantastic beasts, which could spell trouble for both the Wizarding World and the Nomad World. I am super excited for this Muggle, y'all. I want to see what they're gonna do with him because obviously, um, if he's if he's I don't know if he's just gonna be in the first couple minutes or he's gonna go on an adventure with Newt to try and capture the beasts. So that'll be exciting to see. Um, and so let's talk about script. Um, Eddie Redmayne, of course, is Newt's commander. Um, Credence um, is going to be Ezra Miller, which we love Ezra Miller. We don't know who that character is going to be yet. Um, Colin Farrell is going to be Percival Graves. Um, we all love Colin Farrell, obviously, yes. so that'll be fun. And um, I'm pretty sure the woman who's been cast opposite him... Um, I'm just going to pull this up real quick. I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Um, but the woman that's being portrayed opposite him in all of the um, trailers and that talks to him and everything like that, um, her name is mm-hmm. Porpentina? Porpentina? Yeah, Porpentina. Porpentina? Yeah, Porpentina. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we've pronounced it differently every time. We'll figure it out. Goldstein, uh, which I think is a Jewish surname, so that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, he, she may be mm-hmm. related to Anthony Goldstein, the uh, Ravenclaw canon Jewish person. Um, that is one of the like 20 original Hogwarts characters that J.K. Rowling wrote before she started writing the the books. But anyway, she's being played by Catherine Watterson, and um, I I am not familiar with this actress. Um, I I I don't know what she's been in. Um, it looks like she was an in Inherent Vice, the Steve Jobs movie, um, and oh, Robot and Frank. Yeah, yeah. I think she plays she plays the daughter in that. So Robot and Frank is a cool movie. If you've never seen it, by the way. Um, it's really yes. weird. Uh, this lonely old man gets a robot like nurse, and he teaches the robot how to be a con. Uh, super fun. Um, anyway, so she's playing opposite mm-hmm. Eddie Redmayne, and um, so that'll be fun. Uh, and so that's, that's pretty much all the cast that we actually know anything about. Um, other ones that... Um, other actresses of note. Let's see if I notice any other people on here uh john voight yeah john voight's playing henry shaw jr that sounds like a muggle name or non-madge name whatever so (laughs) he might be of interest there's also a couple worrying um couple of of like there's executioner number one is so there's going to be some kind of trial which i mean which makes sense a custom officer a pentagram nobleman I don't know what the hell that is. We'll find out. High society gentlemen. Higher class. South American passenger on Newt's boat. Uh, international royal dignitar. Um, so it looks like we're going to have some like pretty high class, old style, true 1920s New York a la Great Gatsby. So I'm excited about that. So excited. I, I don't know if you saw this, George, but Ron Perlman is going to be Narwhack. I don't know who that is. Do Do you know who Narlac is? No. Who is that? Narlac is a goblin gangster who runs a magical speakeasy in 1920s. That's awesome. I'm excited. Yes, and Ron Perlman is going to be a goblin gangster who runs a speakeasy in 1920s New York. So, it shall be good. <laughs> yeah. Much excite. Yeah. Also, I'm really excited because David Yates, who also who um, directed a lot of the Harry Potter films, he's going to be directing Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. He obviously has. He obviously knows about the Wizarding World. He knows how to capture that magic. I mean, one of my favorite little tiny cinematography things is from. Uh, might be. It might not be a David Yates. I think it's Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, where the. Um, the Whomping Willow, it shows the, the change of the seasons with the Whomping Willow. Beautiful piece of cinematography. Um, yes. Um, so that's, that's great, and I'm excited about it. Um, yes. And I'm excited about him being back. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was, oh, that was Alfonso. Sorry. My bad. Anyway, he knows mm-hmm. what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. I'm excited. Eddie Rainmane is a great actor. He's done some films that are kind of... He does a lot of different roles, which is good. Um, so that's exciting. And we had one more thing to talk about. I don't remember what it is. 
I do. It was a fan reaching out to Weeds Watch to ask. Yeah, that that's why you're the man. And uh, I'm gonna let you take it away, Freddie. All right, feel free to jump in at any time. We have a fan, a particular great fan, a wonderful man. Well, we're fan. not gonna name it this time because um, I didn't get his permission. <laughs> I didn't, huh? I didn't get his permission to use his name yet, so we're not gonna do that. But we're gonna call him S. I know. S had some S. questions for S. us on the Harry Potter page, which I guess is public, so it doesn't matter. Yes. Um, so if you want to know who it is, I guess you can investigate. But anyway, go ahead. Yes, if you would like to know the name, be your own Rita Skeeter and find out. Um, <laughs> but we did not get explicit directions to use the name, but we are going to call this person S. S says, what do you think of Harry Potter fan fiction? Love it. Love it. Even though it's sort Love of kind of how well. I lost my innocence because I stumbled onto some... I didn't mention this last time, but I stumbled onto some higher rating Harry Potter fanfiction that I should have seen, and that's how I learned about how when a man loves a woman very much, or a man loves a man in a kilt in the rain when very much... a man much. loves a man! <laughs> exactly. So, so that's... <laughs> That's what we think of fanfiction. It's awesome. I, if you have any fanfiction recommendations, give them to me. I need good, well-written fanfiction. I, um, and which leads us to number two. Yes. Number two, um, do you ship any specific covers? I don't really ship anyone outside of the canon. I'm going to be kind of lame and just say that I don't really ship anyone outside of the canon at all. I... Um, I know you have a ship that you have with your fiance. <laughs> uh, adorable. She's not my fiance. Oh, sorry, your girlfriend. She, she, <laughs> I was gonna say, but she's my fiance. Uh, way That's to ruin right. the surprise, George. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yes, I have a particular ship. It is something that I've always shipped, even before I met my girlfriend and significant <laughs> other um and that is fred weasley and luna lovegood that is one of my favorite ships ever i also ship madame humphrey it's cute and it's cute oh my gosh imagine this madame mcgonagall madame hooch and madame humphrey ot3 bam lesbian OT3, witches get shit OT3, done but ot3 I be yes, because polyamory is fine, y'all. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's all. Awesome. Okay. All right. So fa our next one was favorite characters. Harry James Potter. I love him so much. I see a lot of myself in him also, which is another reason why I love him a lot. I just love him. Yes. I am a huge fan of Sirius Black, obviously, Fred Weasley. Yeah, I love Sirius Black. And, um... Remus Lupin. Yeah, my tops I are... I think that... Go. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> you think that. <laughs> okay. Um, my, uh, my three favorite um, is uh, Remus Lupin, Sirius Black, and Fred Weasley. Um, I, I have a canon that um, I am accepting. It's that... Um, you know, James and Sirius and Remus welcomed Fred Weasley at King's Cross and asked for him to be the fourth marauder after <coughs> Oh God. feels. So I accept that as canon. There's nothing you can or say or will do that will ever say no to change that. that. So that's right. My favorites are Sirius Black. Uh, Dumbledore. I still love Dumbledore yes. even because he is a complex character and I understand towards the end it's like oh you're raising him for a pig for slaughter all that stuff. I still love him and I, I kind of always will um, but Sirius Black, Albus Dumbledore obviously Harry Potter and uh, Lily Lily Potter has a special oh, Hagrid also both have a, a special part of my heart um, so yeah those are my favorite characters. And as far as the credits for our, the, our last question by Silas was where the credits from our our uh, theme music is. And that is a, uh, a song that we found on a handy website uh, that helps uh, artists find uh, music 
um, for uh, different kind of stuff. It is called Something Magical by the IDK with how to pronounce this, but uh, Teleuk, uh Music Machine, T-L-E-I-L-A-X-U Music Machine. So go check them out. They have some pretty cool like EDM-ish stuff. I don't know how to describe it. It's cool. Check it out. Um, so yeah, that's where we got that. So thank you for the questions, S. And if you guys have any more questions, hit us up, let us know, send us your head cannons. Um, let us know if you know any whiz rock or whiz rap or whatever wizard music. Um, if you know any artists or if you know of any artists, let's get us in touch. Let's talk. Um, and also I do want to announce that as maybe next week, um, uh, I'm pretty sure, um, we're going to have a very special guest with us, uh, our, our whiz mum. Stop choking on your vape. Uh. So, Molly Weasley might be joining us. Fever fudges. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Molly Weasley might... My, Molly Weasley might be joining us next podcast, which will be super fun. Uh, and I'm excited for it. So, thanks you guys for listening so much. We enjoyed it. Um, and thank you so much for interacting with us with, with this week. Checking out the Facebook page, liking it, uh, listening to our first episode. We're super excited to be doing this and to carry on. Uh, into the future. So yes. we love you guys, and we'll see you next week. We'll hear you next week. I don't know. Oh my gosh, George. What? I haven't been recording this whole time. Are you? I'm kidding? just joking. Oh god, my heart dropped. <laughs> All right, <laughs> shit, Lord. Uh, right. classic Weasley prank. Ah ha ha. All right, guys. See you next week. Bye. All right. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>